It's Monday, May 8th, and this is Good Will Talk Daily. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Good Will Talk Daily. It's great to be with you today as we dive back into the book of Isaiah. We were gone last week, and I apologize for that. Uh, just a lot of vacations and traveling. And actually, as you're listening to this, I'm currently in Albania. So uh, we're going to do something a little different next week. You're not going to hear something new from me every week. We're going to do something that we did last year, which is a week of silence. And we're going to dedicate ourselves to 10 minutes of silence before the Lord so that uh, the time that we would spend normally listening uh, to uh, doing the listening to the scriptures and diving in together to a devotional. We're actually going to spend that time in silence together for 10 minutes every day, just listening to what the Lord may bring into our lives, uh, being aware of his presence in our lives. So we'll talk about that on Monday of next week. But this week, we dive right back into the book of Isaiah. So let's get going. Isaiah chapter 45. I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm in the New International Version. So normally here at Goodwill Church, we use the ESV, the English Standard. But when I'm reading long chunks of scripture, entire chapters of Isaiah at a time, I find the NIV just reads a little bit easier. So that's what we're going to be doing this week. We're just going to read through it. I'm going to share some thoughts when I'm done, and then we'll pray together. That's what we do here at Goodwill Talk Daily. We dive into scripture. We want God to speak to us. So let's turn to him now. Isaiah chapter 45, starting in verse 1. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. You heavens above, rain down my righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish with it. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to those who quarrel with their maker, those who are nothing but potsherds, among the potsherds on the ground. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say, the potter has no hands? Woe to the one who says to a father, what have you begotten? Or to a mother, what have you brought to birth? This is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and its maker. Concerning things to come, do you question me about my children or give me orders about the works of my hands? It is I who made the earth and created mankind on it. My own hands stretched out the heavens. I marshaled their starry hosts. I will raise up Cyrus in my righteousness. I will make all his ways straight. He will rebuild my city and set my exiles free, but not for a price or reward, says the Lord Almighty. This is what the Lord says. The products of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush and those tall Sabaeans they will come over to you and will be yours. They will trudge behind you, coming over to you in chains. They will bow down before you and plead with you, saying, Surely God is with you, and there is no other. There is no other God. 
Truly you are a God who has been hiding himself, the God and Savior of Israel. All the makers of idols will be put to shame and disgraced. They will go off into disgrace together. But Israel will be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You will never be put to shame or disgraced, to ages everlasting. For this is what the Lord says, He who created the heavens, He is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, He founded it. He did not create create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret from somewhere in a land of darkness. I have not said to Jacob's descendants, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. Gather together and come. Assemble, you fugitives from the nations. Ignorant are those who carry about idols of wood, who pray to gods that cannot save. Declare what is to be. Present it. Let them take counsel together. Who foretold this long ago? Who declared it from the distant past? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none but me. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow, by me every tongue will swear. They will say of me, in the Lord alone are deliverance and strength. All who have raged against him will come to him and be put to shame. But all the descendants of Israel will find deliverance in the Lord and will make their boast in him. There's a lot in this chapter, but right there at the end, we hear something profound. By myself, I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. And what is that word? It's the word that before God, every knee will bow and every tongue will swear. The way the New Testament writes that, by every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's interesting to me that this salvation of Israel here has in mind the return from exile. It has in mind the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the rising up of an anointed one to create a path of salvation into the Holy Land, a path of salvation back home, a path of salvation to Zion. Think about what that sounds like, the rising up of an anointed one to lead the people back to Zion, to lead the people home. Well, in Isaiah's day, or when this is being written, is looking ahead to Cyrus, the Persian king who will come and defeat the Babylonians and will actually send the people back to Jerusalem to rebuild. That's where we get the stories of Ezra and Nehemiah. The rebuilding of Jerusalem will happen, and it will be Cyrus. Throughout the first half of this chapter, we hear this prophecy about a king named Cyrus who will send the people home. But what's remarkable is this language at the very beginning. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus. He will use somebody who does not acknowledge him to send his people home. Twice, Cyrus has said to not acknowledge the Lord as his God. But what we have in Christ is a greater Cyrus, one who does acknowledge the Lord, one who is the Lord. God doesn't send just another messenger. He doesn't send another prophet. He doesn't send another king like Cyrus to rescue his people. He comes himself as Jesus Christ, a greater Cyrus, who will 
restore the people back home, not to an earthly Jerusalem, but to a heavenly Jerusalem that will come down to earth. That's the promise in Revelation that this new Cyrus, this greater Cyrus, Jesus Christ, this one who will cause every knee to bow and every tongue to confess that he is Lord, this one will create a way back to Zion for his people. The promise here, initially fulfilled in Cyrus, is in a better way, in a greater way, fulfilled in Christ. Jesus brings us home, and he does so by his word. Think think about these words again. By myself, I have sworn my mouth has uttered in all integrity. God is saying, my word can be trusted. By myself, I have sworn there is no greater. He swears by himself. He says, based on my integrity, the integrity of God most high, a word will not be revoked, and it is the word of salvation. A greater salvation than Isaiah, than the Israelites could even imagine, not just a return from exile, but a return from exile from heaven. Because one day heaven will come down. One day a new heavens and a new earth will be established and we will reign with Christ forever. He is creating for us a pathway back into that home. As you're going through your week this week and and you're struggling with all the things that could go wrong in a week, you're frustrated, work's not going well, family is fighting, you're not sure what the future holds, remember that God swears by his own integrity a word that will not be revoked. He wins in the end. He is victorious. And he has made for us in Christ a way into Zion, a way into a heavenly kingdom, a kingdom that is on earth as it is in heaven in one sense now, but a kingdom that we long for in the age to come. Keep your eyes focused on him and it will help put the struggles that you have in your life right now into a proper perspective, into a heavenly perspective. Keep your eyes focused on Christ this week, on the kingdom that is to come. Father, help us. Help us to trust in you for you have sworn by your own integrity You have sworn a a word that will not be revoked, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We confess that now. And we trust that by confessing that truth, you will lead us home in a greater way than Cyrus could have even imagined, in a greater way than the exiled people could imagine. You will lead us into eternal life, into a Zion to come, down from heaven to this earth where we will live with you forever. We look forward to that day. Keep our eyes fixed on Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for being with me today. I'll see you again tomorrow right back here at Goodwill Talk Daily.